What is up, everybody? This is Sports in the Brain, and I am your humble host, Mondo. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. We've got the Super Bowl just happened. We've got the Daytona 500. We've got midseason basketball talking about the Knicks with a special guest. And we have fishing. Oh, yeah. We got all that. So strap in and let's get it on. I love the Super Bowl. Everyone loves the Super Bowl. I mean, even if you're not a football fan, you love the Super Bowl, but I'm not really talking to those people. I'm talking to you guys and gals because you guys love your Super Bowl. Now, hopefully our teams are in the Super Bowl, but I mean, if you're a Giants fan like me, uh, they're not, although we do have a few trophies in the queso. But anyway, I digress. But we love the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's the culmination of the entire year, and it's awesome. The playoffs were great this year, and the Super Bowl was was pretty darn good too. Um, I mean, the halftime show, I not so much, but the Super Bowl was good. Won by the Rams, twenty three to twenty, over the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, I was I was rooting for the Bengals. I mean, I really didn't, I didn't have any dog in the fight, but I was rooting for the Bengals. I was rooting for Joe Burrow, um, but I like Matt Stafford too. So, you know, it was, it was good to see him win too. It was good to see that Matt Stafford, if you put a real team around him, could take him to the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, you know, Detroit never did that for him. But anyway, um, but I thought we saw, um, you know, between Stafford and Burrow. You know, someone who has finally been able to, after putting in a lot of time in this league, in Matt Stafford, finally have the opportunity to uh, really, really show how great of a quarterback he is. And he is a great quarterback. And, you know, he was put on a team and that had the weapons for him to be able to illustrate that. But we also got a chance to see, I think throughout the entire playoffs, um, one of the future great quarterbacks and I, I really do it's hard to say when you look at the young quarterbacks and they have a great year or two you're like oh yeah they're gonna be great they're gonna be a hall of famer and then they you know they kind of fizzle out but something tells me and you guys tell me but when i was watching joe burrow in the playoffs he was that dude he was that guy that had it he had that it i he the the comeback against kansas city was amazing and i think that kind of was like all right this kid is a different kind of cat Right. And in the Super Bowl, too, uh, I mean, 22 or 33, a touchdown, 263 yards. That's a pretty good stat line in his very first Super Bowl in his second year. So I think we're going to have a lot to see from Joe Burrow in the future. And I would not be surprised at all to see the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow leading uh, the charge in the Super Bowl again next year. Certainly throwing their hat in the ring to to be one of those teams there so it was a great super bowl and something something else something else for all of us die hard football fans no matter how much the league and the commissioner and all the everybody that even talks about it like me and us and you guys 
but the people that run it, the owners, the players, as much as they drive us crazy, if you're a diehard NFL fan, you just love football. No matter what stupid stuff that they do, we are still going to watch football. No matter how bad our team is and how much they screw up, we're still going to watch football because it really is, to me, the greatest game on the planet Earth. And you guys and gals know what I'm talking about because most of you guys feel the same way. So what is also so awesome about the Super Bowl is something so very, very terrible. It is it is immediately afterward an awful day. The next day is awful because football's over. We're done. You know, there's there's not going to be another game played for another, what is it, seven months, six or seven months. I mean, you throw a little preseason in there, and it, at least we have, like, some USFL action. That'll be definitely another episode or more, but we'll talk about that. But really, you know, the National Football League is over as far as games being played. So it's it's kind of a sad day for all of us that look forward to every single Sunday or at least now Sunday, Monday. Thursday, sometimes Saturday, but that we all look forward to, to to NFL football. So it is a sad day. We all kind of go through withdrawal, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a super duper bummer. But one of the beautiful things about nowadays is the NFL is also uh, on a three hundred and sixty five day calendar, twenty four seven. We got the NFL Network. As soon as the game is over, before the game is over, we're talking about combines, we're talking about NFL draft, and we're going to be talking about all of that stuff. But as an NFL fan, a Giants fan, but as an NFL fan, I love football. The Super Bowl was great. The playoffs were awesome this year. They really, really were. And um, I'm looking forward to you know, all these things that we talk about, the draft and players and who's coming out and who's going to do this and what do we need? I mean, that's 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 something that's so cool. So we're going to keep this going as we go down the line and we'll be talking to uh, Tune. They'll be on the show. He'll be talking about the Jets and I'll be talking to, to Big Papa. We'll be talking Giants. I got a couple dudes that are Washington football team. Well, I guess they're the commanders now fans and Cowboys fans and, and Eagles fans and everybody else. We're going to talk. So. The NFL goes on, but let us just pause for a second to mourn the end of another football season and to look forward to all the other good stuff that's coming up this spring. And the USFL. The USFL is back. I hope it's good. I really hope it doesn't suck. I hope it's good. I really do. But thank God for football. Let me know if you love sports in the brain or you hate it. And if you hate it, don't tell me because I don't want to know. Let me know if you love it. And then if you don't really love it, just let me know what else you want me to do differently. What do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? So tell me that you love it. Don't tell me you hate it. Tell me you love it. You love it. You love it. You do, don't you? I love it. I love you too. You love it. Tell me. All right. Thanks. Bye. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go racing, boys. Well, 
my son, my son Luke does a much better job <laughs> on that than I do. The famous uh, Daryl Waltrip, and that's his. Uh, that's the way he used to start the uh, the races, and I, I miss it. I really do. But thank God for the Daytona Five Hundred, the great American race. And if uh, if any of you guys out there, guys and gals, are not NASCAR fans, and you're like, oh gosh. He's talking about NASCAR. Um, give it a shot. Trust me. It is if you love sports, you love excitement and tradition and action and and everything. Give NASCAR a chance, really. And if you're a NASCAR fan, well, you already know what I'm talking about because. The the the, the, blah, 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 blah. the Daytona 500 is a holiday for me and just about every other diehard NASCAR fan. And this Daytona 500 did not disappoint. Thankfully, the weather was great. We didn't have to have a rainout or delays or do it on Monday afternoon. Like we somehow it seems like we do so much and too much. But I won't spend a lot of time on it because I don't want everyone to fast forward through this, but we're going to be talking a lot of NASCAR this year. The sports in the brain is I'm still, you know, working and finding my groove, but I want to share with you guys things that I love. And you already know that I love football and I love baseball. I love NASCAR for a lot of reasons for, there's a whole lot of reasons that we'll talk about as, uh, as, as we kind of go forward and stuff. But the Daytona 500 was here. It was fantastic. It was a great race. 23-year-old rookie Austin Sindrick um, wins his first race is the Daytona 500. So, I mean, I guess everything else is a letdown. Beats Bubba Wallace by, I don't know, a couple tenths of a second, a tenth of a second, a half a second, something like that. And it was really exciting. It always is. I mean, the, the Daytona does not fail to disappoint very often as a lot of sporting events do it doesn't and 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 nascar they give you the you almost get like two super bowls you get like you know the end of the race the championship race is the, is the championship but they give you like the super bowl too in the beginning of the year with the daytona 500 so it was fantastic i loved it my guy the number nine car chase elliott finished in 10th it was disappointing um, but I expect big things from him this year. And we're like I said, we're going to talk NASCAR this year. I'll have some bonus episodes and who knows, but let me know you guys and gals that are listening, check me out on Twitter. That's kind of the place I'm going to be right now. A lot is on Twitter, Facebook, a person, non grata. I, I'm not going to even dance at that party probably pretty much anymore. So find me on Facebook and I'll do probably some, a little Instagram, but if you want to connect, you want to talk, come check me out. Let me know who your driver is. Let me know why you love NASCAR. Let me know why you can't stand NASCAR or you don't want to start watching it. You know, for all the reasons that might be stereotypical, true, untrue, whatever it is. But this kid from Queens, born and raised in New York City, I love me some NASCAR. And it ain't just turning left. So Daytona 500 in the books. It was a pretty awesome race. Love that NASCAR. I am still figuring it out. But come check me out in the Twitterverse. Sports on the Brain.
at Mondo's mind. Yeah, baby. Fishing is a sport. This is sports on the brain, and we talk sports. And fishing is a sport. It's an activity. It's a recreational activity. It's an outdoor thing. It's whatever you want it to be. It's a way to get food. It's a way to have fun. It's a way to just kind of hang out. It's a way to get out of the house. All of those things check the boxes. But since fishing is a sport, I wanted to share this with you guys. This week, last week, it, it's kind of like we're all bunched in here in February. Last week was my sister's birthday. Tomorrow or today, whenever you listen to this, or it was sometime before, is my birthday and sandwiched right in between my sister and my and me is my dad's birthday. And um, my dad passed away a long time ago, you know, and uh, but, you know, it's his birthday. I mean, we think about him all the time and we celebrate his birthday. But I wanted to share with you guys something. You know, it's and it it is about fishing. So it, it's a sports thing, but it's a it's a father son thing. It's a it's a parent kid thing, and it's just kind of like a it's a family thing. It's it's a thing, you know, or friends, whatever. It's a love thing. It's a fishing thing. And my earliest memories of my father were was fishing. You know, I'm 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 a kid from Queens in New York. My dad is from the Bronx, um, originally from Puerto Rico, and we lived in the city. I mean, there was you, know, you think about New York City, you don't really think about fishing. But my memories of my dad, especially my earliest ones, were fishing. And, you know, when you think about fishing, you think about oh, you know, um, you know, um, fishing for bass and deep sea fishing and all these other things, which. You know, we got to do, maybe not the deep sea fishing, but lots of good fishing all over the place. Freshwater fishing, saltwater fishing, uh, trout, bass, all these things. But I wanted to share this story with you guys. And it kind of, you don't have to be from New York City to appreciate it. But if you are from New York City, then you'll probably understand it a little bit more. But just hang with me for a second. Um, don't fast forward. If you have to, to pause it, come back. But I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't have been more than, I was probably about maybe nine years old or so. I think I was around nine, um, somewhere around that. And my dad, in New York City, you couldn't just go out and hop in your truck and go fishing. I guess you could, but most people didn't. A lot of people would go to, they called them party boats. You know, you, They'd go down to one of the docks in Brooklyn or Staten Island or Queens, and they'd, they'd pay a couple bucks and you'd hop on a boat with a bunch of other people a lot of people that you knew sometimes strangers sometimes regulars and you go out and go fishing for whatever flounder um bluefish uh snapper whatever whatever it was wherever the wherever the captain was going to take you so this was my first time going out on a party boat because it was usually adults it was usually like you know just adults going out there and i forgot what it was i think I think my mom um, went to visit somebody or went away for the weekend or something like that. So it was just me and my dad. It was just me and my dad. And I remember I th we went fishing. It was a Saturday morning. So Friday night, me and him went to the movies around the corner from our house 
in 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 Astoria, Queens. He took me to a movie, completely age inappropriate. It was a Cheech and Chong movie. It wasn't terrible, but if you know who Cheech and Chong is, that's what I would say. It was Cheech and Chong's next movie, which was great. I didn't really understand everything, but now I do. <laughs> but so we went to the movie. But when you go, you know, these party boats leave at usually like around seven o'clock and they leave the dock at seven o'clock in the morning. So we were going to a party boat in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn. We were in Astoria, Queens. We were on the opposite side of the city. And we weren't driving there. We were taking, we took the subway. I'm pretty sure we took the subway. Maybe we drove. I'm not sure. Whatever it was, I had to wake up at about four o'clock in the morning. My dad woke me up four o'clock, got up. He had his coffee, did his thing, um, had breakfast. Uh, we had, I mean, I remember he, he made a um, bacon, egg, and cheese on a roll. Or maybe a bagel but it was bacon egg and cheese that's what we had it was pitch blackout we ate um and it was it was cool it was cool i was tired as heck and then we made our way down to the boat we got there and you know all the smells and everything it was, i mean it was if you've been fishing before even if you've been to the beach you know it's just this 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 ocean beautiful beautiful wonderful ocean smell the salt water, and then fish. And then you got the seagulls and everything. So just kind of paint that picture in your head. And I mean, for me, it was, I mean, shoot, I might as well have been going to Disney World. I was with my dad going fishing with all the big people, with all the adults. And it was pretty cool. It was, it was, it was kind of, I mean, I, it was, I was, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with myself. It, it was like stepping onto that boat was like stepping onto the starship enterprise. It really was. It was fantastic. So fast forward, you know, we're on the boat, we get out there. Some people are seasick. Some people are not, but and, and there are regulars on there. There are people that show up there every Saturday. So my dad would be like, Hey, how you doing, Tony? Hey, how you doing, Barbara? Oh, you know, da, 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 da. you know, you see some of the same people. They 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 know you. They're kind of like this uh uh surrogate uh distant family that meets on Saturdays to go fishing. That's kind of what it was. He's like, Oh, this is my son, and, and everyone was so excited. Everyone's so excited to have a that a kid was there. They were excited that, like, wow, this is awesome that this guy is bringing his kid to go fish and to experience this. And I didn't really, I mean, I, I was so young. I didn't really understand the whole why they thought it was so cool. I thought it was cool, but I didn't really understand why they thought it was so cool. But I do now. I mean, I have for a while as an adult, as a parent, you know, and so we're out there and everyone's got their lines in the water and everyone's. You know, some people are catching fish, some people aren't. People hang out there drinking beer, just talking, eating, stuff like that. And I remember we went blue fishing. So if anyone's ever been blue fishing before, you'll understand this. It's a heck of a strong fish. I mean, they're only as big as maybe your arm. They're a little bit bigger, but I mean, like, you know, they're they're you know, they've got razor sharp teeth, so don't grab them. And um, you know, they're like I said, they're they're a couple feet long. But they are strong as heck. I mean, they're they're like super, super strong fish. So I have my line in the water and I'm like ding a ding a ding. I'm looking around. There's the ocean and there's birds and people and everything. And I not a care in the world. 
and then you know how it is all of a sudden the fish hits your line and it's like boom you know and you're like whoa well in this case me little mondo is sitting there and as soon as that fish hit my hook and bait it felt like a car grabbed it because it grabbed it and yanked my pole and me and my pole over almost went over the side of the boat and my dad grabbed me and my eyes were like saucers they just blew wide open i was like oh my gosh and everybody was like he's got one he's got one and it felt like i was trying to reel in a whale that's what it felt like i mean i could barely crank the reel and my adrenaline was running and um you know everyone was kind of like watching what you're doing and my dad was kind of coaching me and i was it was it was like it was, it was exciting and and you know you don't know what to do and <clears throat> excuse me you don't want to mess up but it seemed like I was trying to reel in this fish for an hour. I know it wasn't for an hour. It was more, it was more than a few minutes, but it, it, it was for a little bit. But it was hard. I mean, my arms were tired, and you know, I had people cheering me on, but my dad was encouraging me, and he was telling me what to do. And I, I finally brought this big, beautiful fish onto the boat. And... I might as might as well have won like the gold medal in the Olympics, you know, because people were like cheering up and down the boat, and you know the captain was there, and it was kind of like it was my first bluefish, and it was so satisfying, it was so incredible, it was so exciting, it was so exciting, you know. So if you've never been fishing, go fishing, and if you you've been fishing, you know what I'm talking about, but. I was with my dad and my dad was so I I I can I can't remember so much in detail from that day but I do remember his face and I remember him looking at me and he was like so proud and he was so happy and I was too I was like I did it I did it and um it was it was, it's absolutely to this day, one of my greatest, greatest memories. And uh, I shared it with my dad. My dad's been gone for a long time. He's up in, I know he's up in heaven and he's fishing and he's looking down and I, hopefully he's listening and hopefully he's as proud now as he was all those years ago when I was a little boy. But the thing was it was fishing you know some people it's just a sport some people it's just an outdoor activity or some kind of recreation but it was so much more than that and i and i talk about that that's what this podcast is all about i love sports but it's more than just the game it's more than just the scores it's just it's just more than that and this is one of those times when it was really, really so much more than that. It was a moment when a boy and his dad got to share a moment that will never, ever, no matter what happens, be able to be taken away or erased. And it stays with me to this day, you know, 40 years, 40 plus years later. And... 
everybody out there, if you have a kid, take them fishing. You've seen the commercial. Take them fishing. Because my birthday is this weekend. It's, well, it's tomorrow, but it's or today. It's this weekend. And I plan on going fishing, and I'm going to take my kids fishing. And, if, and I want to continue to take them fishing because if doing something like that can give not just me the joy of taking my kids fishing, but knowing as a child that it's something that my kids are going to hold with them in their heart for the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years and the rest of their lives, man, oh, man. That's priceless, just like those old commercials. It's priceless. And that's sports. That, I mean, th those are things, that's that's what makes sports so good. Whether it's sharing a, a game with, with, you know, with your buddies or whether it's going fishing with your dad. It really is um, something I'm incredibly, incredibly thankful for. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this show, why I'm doing this podcast, because I know how important it can be. And I just want to say, happy birthday, Dad. I miss you. I love you. And thank you for taking me fishing. Football. NASCAR and some fishing. So if you got to hit the pause button, go get a beverage, go to the bathroom, do what you got to do. And then when you're ready, kick back because we are going to talk some Knicks right now. So the big news today is that Kemba Walker is not he's sitting and he's not just sitting for a couple weeks. He's sitting for the rest of the season. Um, and uh, it seems to be a mutual agreement. And like we kind of just discussed, it's kind of like, well, if they both kind of agree to it, um, I don't really see a bad thing about it. It kind of, it it alleviates a lot of questions and stressors in re regarding the roster, who's going to play, who's not going to play. Um, and then, you know, we could talk about, I'm sure, not just right now, but I mean, in the next in the next couple days and, and stuff to see kind of how this develops, how this is really going to affect Kemba Walker's future with the Knicks, whether it is as somebody who's going to be on his way out, who's going to get bought out, who's going to get traded or who somehow kind of falls back into the plans with the Knicks next year, because I don't, I don't know how that happens. So what, what do you think about this whole Kemba Walker uh, sitting for the rest of the season situation coming out of the all-star break? I mean, I think it's a good thing to tell you the truth because really when he was in there recently, he really wasn't effective. You know, he may have a few games every now and then, but other than that, I mean, he was really a liability while he was out there. And so I, I think it's a good thing. And I know a lot of fans are clamoring to go ahead and get like one of the youth movements in. But when I heard that news, I wanted to listen to what Tibbs was saying. So I listened to his press conference this afternoon and I don't think you're really going to get any of these young guys going to get into the starting rotation. Um, one of the things he talked about was he wanted to see production out on the court and he has to basically, the kids are going to have to earn it. So if anything, it may open up some minutes in the rotation 
in the second unit. And then that's the opportunity that they're going to be able to have proof to themselves that they deserve more minutes. And Tibbs is all about production. If you're on the court, you're not producing, you're not going to get the minutes. And so from that standpoint, he talked about Burks was actually one of their better options for point guards. Uh, but I don't really think Burks is a point guard. I think at this point he needs to really decide, you know, is he going to go with Rose? Is he going to go with IQ? Um, you know, I don't think he's going to make McBride because he hasn't really played a lot of minutes. And so he just doesn't have that trust in McBride at the moment. And so from the Kimber, to get back to your question, I think it's a great thing both for Kimber and for the Knicks because hopefully it's going to open up some minutes for the young guys. Um, Kimba has been a great player throughout his career, and you, it's kind of sad. You don't want to see him end it like this. And so if he's got to shut it down to get healthy for next season, then I'm all for that. And then does that make his trade value any better? Um, will he be in a position where he comes back part-time player and knows his role like Rose did? And it's something that I don't think he'll get a lot of minutes in that role like a Rose did. Um, but could he do that for the Knicks? Yes, he could. But I think really once the season ends and they decide the players that they want to go forward, the players that they draft and in free agency, that'll make a big decision on Kimball Walker at this point. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good point because I, I, I was wondering exactly the same thing. It's kind of like, how is this going to play out, play out for him? Because I mean, we, we have Derek Rose is that guy. Derek right. Rose is, is and and I agree with you also is like I like Alec Burks. I don't see him as a starting point guard. So with with everything being what we have on this roster right now, if, if I get, I think they're saying that maybe Derek Rose could come back for for Friday's game against Miami. Right. Um, and so if he comes back, I would still like to I, I don't know how he's gonna situate it, but I mean maybe Derek Rose starts and and Alec Burks comes off the bench, or you know, and you and I have talked about this before. I don't know if IQ is just we. I don't. I, I honestly, I don't think we have anybody other than Derrick Rose who is a capable person to be a starting point guard. And right. the problem is, is that Derrick Rose cannot be a starting point guard for more than twenty minutes a game. You're right. You're you right. know, so so now you're just basically saying you know that whatever you get from D Rose is going to be a limited amount of time, and then it's like, well, who who are you going to be on your starting five? Is it better to have Derrick Rose get out there with with his experience and be able to kind of get us good out of the gate, or to what we've talked a lot about in the past and you've kind of highlighted, which I completely agree with, is that when we used to get that second unit coming off the bench with Derrick Rose kind of leading the way. We got a whole completely different flow. That being said, I, I our, our situation this year is a lot different than last year because I don't think really anybody, I mean, we're, I, we, we all want to have a good second half of the season. We all want to have like, uh, make a run and, and, right. and, and I'd love to make it to the playoffs, but, I, I really do think, like, what do we go getting to your point, which I think is ultimately the most important one is at the end of the season with the players that we have, with the players that we lose, with the players that we're going to resign and what we do in the draft, who is going to be here on this? And that is going to decide a lot 
whether Kemba, Ro- Kemba Walker is even on this team, right. whether he, whether there's even an option for him to be that part-time player, because who knows what Derek Rose wants to do. But I think that no matter what happens, um, we still need to get that, that stud point guard that we're talking about. And, and uh, obviously it's not going to happen now. Right. Well, you know, Tibbs was talking about how this league has changed so much in that you don't really need a traditional point guard in the years past. And so he kept talking about how you have these hybrid point guards and then you have these PowerPoint forwards, you know, and he talked about Julius and he was talking about how he can be, a, you know, for us. And so I think what he's looking at is who's going to be able to run this offense efficiently and be able to get uh, the other players a better shot. But one of the things that I think about is, you know, if Alec Burke starts the game, I would be okay to a certain degree. But I think for the most important thing, and we've talked about this before, and if you looked at the last several games where we faltered into the fourth quarter, I don't want Alex Burks running the point in the fourth quarter. If Alex yeah. starts the game in the fourth quarter, I want Derrick Rose running the point and Alex playing a shooting guard or a small forward. Yeah, that's that's actually I didn't even think about it, but you're right. I mean, we we talk about how, you know, what it, it, it's more important about who's going to finish the game than who's going to start the game, right? And I think that's an excellent point. I mean, if we're in a position that the game is in hand or at hand, and I would want Derrick Rose if he's healthy to be the person that's on the floor in the fourth quarter, right? That's you know? when- yeah fashion natural point guard that's going to make the right decisions and beats and get the team in a, in a good spot to make a, a good shot yeah yeah i know and, and, and it just you know i mean when we talked about it and i guess we'll have plenty of time to talk about it as, as the season goes on but i mean with this particular particular story with kemba rose I, it's interesting because you know because we are so that's so interesting we were just talking about hybrid prayer hybrid players and you said Kimba Rose interesting <laughs> Kimba Walker but thank you I I, I appreciate you uh, cor- correcting me brother but that being said yeah I mean I, I can't recall really it doesn't that you know that there's been this kind of mutual agreement that he's going to sit because like I said once again it's either that his knee because we're because we're so point guard needy right that his knee is either so bad that you know that he can't play because mm-hmm. the, the whole thing is like you, we went from like not being, he couldn't play back to backs to like play one game, miss two games, miss three games. Obviously you, you can't do that. Right. Or is it okay? You know what? Just out of respect to Kemba. And then what's kind of happened with us that you're not part of the situation anymore. You know what? At the end of the season, We'll figure out something to get you where you need to go or want to go or retire. And the most important thing is get these young guys an opportunity to play. Let's see what they got to do. I mean, at this point right now, I mean, the record is it sucks because, you know, last year is like was like a flash in the pan. And it's always kind of like, all right, let's like our football seasons. Mm-hmm. By the time you get into the second half, you're thinking about next year. What do we got to do? What do we have? What do we have? So uh, who knows what's going to happen? I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of comes out over the next few days about this situation and how they came to it. Um, because there's, it's, it's, a, 
once again, surprise, surprise, the New York Knickerbockers are a soap opera in the world of sports. You know, honestly, when, when I first read that, I never thought about the fact that maybe he was uh, his injury was a lot more severe than we thought. It was really hampering and making him ineffective out on the court. But one of the things I thought about, and I don't know if you did from this angle, was, you know, Kimball Walker, home homegrown kid, New York Knicks fan growing up, wanted to be a part of the organization. Unfortunately, you know, he got drafted by Charlotte. But the fact of the matter that he eventually came home. And yes, when you come home, you have these dreams that you want to be playing in the garden at a high level and helping the Knicks to a championship. Maybe when knee he realized that he wasn't himself and you always hear people talk about how much of a team player that that he is and he's a great teammate and realize that you know what i'm going to take myself out of the situation and not have the organization have this pressure of trying to make this decision of playing me i'm going to take the pressure off because i know i'm not who i am and where the type of player that that i used to be and so I'm going to take myself out of the situation, get healthy, and allow them to have that opportunity to fill that spot with who they feel they need to, whether it's a young player or a veteran, so that we can be competitive. So, I I, I would I would love that to be the case, right? Just just for, just from the feel good being a you know wanting to feel good about what's kind of going on with the Knicks, I would like that to be the case because I would love at the end of the season that you know no matter what happens. You know, that everyone's kind of page. And listen, if it meant that Kemba has come to this realization that I can't do it anymore, my my heart is in it, but my body is not allowing me to do it. And he's going to be that dude on the team that's going to be the mentor. Because there's no, there's, no, there's no dispute that what Kemba can bring to the team in, in, in terms of not just experience, but the kind of person he is and being from New York City, if, if the situation is a good one, he, he's a bonus. It's, it's, it's like Derrick Rose, but Derrick Rose can still play. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Kemba Walker's going to get a shot anymore. I mean, he, I mean he, you don't want to tell someone, yo, he's done. But maybe if he, if he is done, but if he finds a role here at the end of the bench or in another capacity, it can only be a good thing. And you kind of hope that all these things that you hear about Thibodeau and, and, and Kemba and the front office and all these kind of stresses and tensions that are maybe that it's, it, it's, it's, it, it's not what it is. Right. Because, because you're right. I, I think that Kemba really can bring so much to this team. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously, it's not worth a roster spot just to be the to be a cheerleader, right? You know? But if if he can bring something, it maybe if a half a year helps and he gets he gets a, some surgery and he can play, I think like you, I would like to have a happy ending or a happy continuation because there's so much negative crap that surrounds the Knicks at this point that you just want something good to happen. I want to see. McBride or one of these kids step up and get her and get a shot. And you want to just see, like you said, because, and I'll leave it, leave it at this because the whole beginning of the Kemba Walker thing was, it, it was just a feel good story. Like you said, right. hometown kid comes home to like 
finally maybe help bring the the Knicks to glory, and it just didn't work out that way. But you know, it, do, it doesn't mean that I I hope that it does have a happy ending. And at the end of the day, listen, it's about wins. I want to see these kids play, and I want to see what we can do so that um, we can make the best decisions we can in the off season to to put, at least put us in a position to to do a lot better than we did this year. I can tell you that. And, and you know it too, if you think about it, you know, the Knicks for many, many years were basically looked at as a laughing organization. People didn't really take us seriously. Back in the days when we were really competitive in the 90s, when they knew what they were going to get when the Knicks stepped on the, on the court, whether it was at Madison Square Garden or we were on the road. But ever since, you know, Patrick Ewing got traded and that whole, it started the whole transition for us to become a team that really wasn't competitive and considered a lapping stock of the NBA. But I think when you look at this whole Kimber situation, you know, with them doing it right and doing right by Kimber, then that lets other prospective free agents know that, hey, the organization's got it right, you know, and we're not messing up the Kimber situation because we don't want to put anything else out there where people say, hey, that's not an attractive spot to go. We do this Kimba divorce properly. I think that's still a plus for free agents down the road. That's a good point. That's a that's actually a really, really good point because you're right. I mean, we, we've spent so time, so much time over the past 20 years having such a building a bad image. And um, it seemed like we kind of was starting to turn the corner last year. So if, if we can... If we can handle this situation and the Randall situation and the Thibodeau situation and all these situations, if we can handle them like the way that a well-run organization does, then you're right. At least it, it keeps us in position to um, to add pieces, those free agent pieces. Which I mean, who knows what they're going to be? But no, I think that's a, I think that's 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 an excellent point because. Um, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it plenty, but, you know, we live in a day and age where, you know, people, there are certain people that still view Madison Square Garden as a place to play, the place to be. And then there are some people, some players that it's not that important. Right. So just to know that you have a competent, well-run organization, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, people don't look at Milwaukee as being a place to go or Toronto as a place to go. Mm-hmm. But they seem to kind of have, I don't know about Toronto, but I mean, but all these, when, 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 the, when the organization is run well, at least you know that no matter what happens, they're always going to be trying to do the right thing and give you the best opportunity to win. So, I mean, I, I, I hope it does. I, oh God, I hope we can get it together. Well, you know, the thing about it was last year was just a, a surprise for not only New York fans, but just fans in the NBA in general at how well we played. And going from out of the playoffs to securing the fourth seed, it exceeded so many expectations of, of people. And so now they were like, all right, can the Knicks, can the Knicks keep it up? Will they be able to grow and take that next step? And when you look at what we've done so far this season, we re- we have regressed. So it's almost like we're telling people we're not quite there yet. Right. And so you definitely want to have the Kimber situation in gracefully. And then the second half, which we're going to probably get into a lot more over the next couple of weeks of what to expect in a couple of days. But 
the second half of the season is really about showing the future of this organization. And it's about the showing the young kids are going to be able to get out there. And when they get out there, they're going to be able to produce. And then the veterans, you know, which ones are going to be the ones the team wants us to stay for next year. And so it's the second half is a a big second. And I'm with you. I would love to make the playoffs, but you got to have a bigger picture in mind. And the bigger picture is becoming competitive consecutively year after year and fighting for championships and not hoping you make the the eighth or ninth seed now. I agree. And who is that person in the back? What up, Luke Skywalker? What up? Um, I'm going to go to bed now. All right. I'll be right back. Uh, what you know? I'm, I'm gonna. I'll be right in to tuck you in, buddy. All right. Okay. I'm coming in. <laughs> it's 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 the beauty of live TV. <laughs> live right? casting, like if we were live streaming right now. All right, Luke. I'll be there in a second. But um, then I can edit this out or not edit it out. But um, I mean, I'll just put it this way. I I can't say it any better than what you just did right now. Every, everything you said is exactly on point, and I feel exactly the same way. It's um, it's really right now. As much as you want to make the playoffs, you want to, you know what? Let this season, let this season so far, let this part be the bump in the road, and right. and let not last season be that kind of like uh, uh, anomaly or surprise, and then it just kind of continues down the the negative road that it's been. Let this be the bump in the road, the growing pain, like you said. You know, or 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 the growth towards towards the future. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about it a whole bunch this year. I'm sure we'll be broadcasting more games, as painful or as happy as they're going to be. Um, but yeah, uh, they if they really really need to. I mean, you know, step up and really just you've you've got to give everybody a reason to believe the fans. The players, other players around the league, you got to give people a reason to believe that you got your ish together. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes in life, <laughs> you take a step forward and you show progress, but then, you know, you do take a step back. But that step back, hopefully, is not something that you're constantly stepping back. You're hoping that when you do take that step back, you learn from it so that the next year you take a step forward. And then from that point on, every year, you're just going forward. Right, like the um, the great, great singer-songwriter Paula Abdul once said, two steps forward, one step back. If we can just keep it going, then opposites will attract. Wow, great philosopher, I love it. I don't know if I'll keep that, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You can cut it. Anyway, yeah. Peace. You can stop the recording. Boop. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to use the mouse. I'm like, oh, it doesn't work. Hold on. So old. So as they say, 
book them, Dano. Because we got another episode of Sports on the Brain in the books. We did Super Bowl, Daytona 500, NBA a la New York Knickerbockers, and we got your fishing Jones on. So thank you so much, everybody, guys and gals, for being here. I love being here with you. It means a lot to me. Even if we don't know each other, I love you guys in a very, very unweird way. I really, really do. Keep on being here. Check me out on Twitter because that's kind of where I'm going to be able to connect with you guys during the week and stuff. And be here. Subscribe so that next Thursday when the episode drops, we'll be here together again. So this is the place for you to get your sports straight up. And as I always say in the beginning, I will say in the end, strap in and let's get it on.